realize I haven't actually done a podcast in in a while I've been focusing on the the YouTube channel and um, building up my Instagram as well so uh, my apologies but I just thought while I was having my morning coffee I might as well do a little podcast on the narcissist idealizing a target and what I mean by that is is really to answer the question that a lot of people ask, I asked of myself and a lot of people ask, which is, is did he or she, um, did my narcissist, did my abuser really ever love me? And the, the, the sort of the go-to answer with that is no, they didn't because narcissists, people with these types of dark tetrad personality disorders, you know, within that, within the dark spectrum of narcissism and Machiavellianism and sadism and, um, psychopathy don't feel love the way we feel and express it they don't it's not the same sort of feeling it's not about uh, respect and care and that amazing warmth that you feel towards someone where you feel like you could never not have them in your life narcissists just don't feel it that way um they feel something that they think i believe is love so they think they're in love with you um, usually once you've kind of exposed your love for them. And the idealization stage right at the very beginning is really what kind of butts up against and fuels the love bombing stage. So a narcissist will idealize you in those, it could be seconds, it could be minutes, it could be days, it could be, as it was in my case, months, where they are obsessed and the mentally healthy of you listening to this will know there's nothing good about someone obsessing over you. As romantic as it appears to be in books and, and films and uh, and what have you, where, you know, somebody just is just comp- so into you that it actually verges on or actually really is obsession. It's, that's not love, by the way. That's not love. That's unsafe and unhealthy. And any, anything with that level of intensity has only got one place to go, and that's downhill. And downhill with a narcissist is cheating and abuse. Um, so the idealization stage is, is really one of the most dangerous stages. And I, I did a, <clears throat> an uh, infographic on this because it's when you've been targeted. You're not quite a victim yet, but you're about to be when you've been targeted by a narcissist. So when the narcissist thinks they are falling in love with you or thinks they are in love with you um, and they haven't yet started devaluing you and cheating and lying and all that kind of jazz. It's incredible—it's the idealization. The, the reason why they think they're in love with you, the reason why they're idealizing you is because at the very, very core of narcissistic personality disorder, a narcissist needs and wants perfection because they believe perfection, a.k.a. you, in front of them right now, and when they they believe that perfection exists in you, that is when they feel completely and utterly besotted because they feel safe. You're going to fix them. You're going to make them look amazing. You're going to do incredible things together. You're going to go amazing places. And you're doing all that work, by the way. You're doing that work for the narcissist. They've spotted you and they're idealizing you. They're putting you up on a pedestal. Um, Consciously and subconsciously, they'll do this. 
and they see escape. They see safety. They see a, a, a future that they never thought they could have with all those other losers and psychos that they also, by the way, idealized, who failed them. You're going to fail the narcissist, though, because once you declare your love for them, something in a narcissist, something in these types of abusers switches off, turns off. Because by the time you said, yes, I love you, you are weak. How could you love them? Oh, no. Now you love them, you're going to be all soppy and all addicted and all psycho and all mistrustful and all obsessed and want to be with them all the time and want to control them. A narcissist sees your love as an unsafe place. It sees your love as something that will only only destroy and control this relationship. So the idealization stage is actually when the narcissist thinks that they're in love with you, but you're not allowed to be in love with them. They, like I say, because they see you as perfect at this point, and the reason why they see you as perfect at this point is because you haven't given yourself to them yet. You've probably, if you're canny like I was, not slept with them, and you've not told them that you love them, and you've not sort of showed any sense of actual commitment to what's going to be a relationship okay narcissists they fall in love with the chase they fall in love with how strong you are they fall in love with your boundaries actually in a strange sort of way they fall in love with with that running around after you and 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 and, and, and all the sweet nothings and all the promises and the plans and the um and your your sort of playful rejections and your resistance they absolutely love that it's the hunt and while you are being hunted, you're being idolized, right? But, you, you know, inevitably you give in. I was six months. I let my narcissist chase me for six months because I thought I was doing everything right. Uh, but actually, in a strange, weird way, I was actually doing everything wrong. Um, had I probably shagged my narcissist or the first day that I met him, like a couple of his other targets that he, he told me about, um, he probably would have dropped me long before I actually even liked him, long before I actually trusted him, and long before I actually had feelings for him. But because I I, I allowed him to idealise me and <clears throat> chase me, and I thought I was getting to know him as he was getting to know me, um, it was actually the opposite. I should really have just... Uh, and there's somebody did an infographic on Instagram as well, which was brilliant, which was some people, uh, some people who were only meant to fuck once. <laughs> That's... A narcissist. It's absolutely bang on with a narcissist. And you should probably just get it out of the way as soon as possible, which is, goes against everything the Bible says. Um, but with, with, when, we, when we meet these types, we, we usually have already been bitten, you know, and, and, and scarred and hurt by another, another abuser. And in my case, it was, a, it, was a, it was a narcissist. So I thought I was doing everything right. But actually what I was doing was I was, I was giving the narcissist the most thrilling ride of his life um, by chasing me and adoring me and... Uh, and I had all these boundaries up and all these morals and I wasn't going to let I wasn't going to let him touch me and I wasn't going to sleep with him and I wasn't going to cheat on my other narcissist um, but I, unfortunately it just made me all the more delicious and all the more perfect so they, they, they idolise uh, you and they put you on a pedestal when you do everything that they want and, and, and unfortunately boundaries and resistance and coyness and shyness is just smells and looks delicious to these hunters because it makes the destruction of you all the more delicious 
So the the idealization stage, yes, they think they're in love with you um, because because you're doing everything right and you are perfect. You are perfect to them because you haven't done anything wrong at that point. But by giving in to them and sleeping with them or giving in to them and having feelings for them, they're disgusted by you. And this is when the devaluation stage starts. Um, you're no longer perfect. And you must also remember after idealization is when you're going to get close to the narcissist. You're going to see beneath their masks. You might find out that they, you know, they've lied about an ex and they might find out about secret kids. You might find out that they're not as successful as they claim to be. You might find out they're not as popular as they claim to be and all these different things. Because that's part of getting to know a normal person is, you know, you see them cry or you see them angry or you catch them out in a wee fib or... You know, there's just that's getting to know people. You know, you know, you have your first fight, you have your first disagreement. One or both of you has some sort of meltdown about a friend or work or family member. This is normal, but narcissists don't want normal. To them, these normal processes in the early stages of a relationship are hellish. They're intense and they and they represent controlling behavior and they represent a trap and they represent you not being perfect anymore. You know, you're not always happy. You're not always sexy. You're not always calm. You're not always positive and you're not always strong. Therefore, you are imperfect. And the idealization stops and the narcissist no longer in speech marks loves you and they can't help themselves now. There is no going back. You know, once you've cried the first time, or got upset the first time, or got drunk the first time, or been ill, or, you know, you've admitted that maybe something in your past, you know, that you felt that you had to share. Narcissists are going to drop you, you know, and if they don't drop you, they devalue you, and the abuse starts. So yeah, they do kind of love you in the beginning, but it's not healthy, natural, real love. It's obsession and idealization, and they will continue seeking that perfection from another target and another target, and another target. And just as a last little kind of appendix to this, the reason why they go back to exes is because they know that ex is imperfect. They know that ex is, you know, a wimpy and wet and uh, will take the abuse and will take the cheating and will take the lying because a narcissist has to go back to exes for quick fixes because those exes idealize the narcissist. Those exes are prepared to take hell, disgusting, abusive, STI riddled hell from the narcissist. And the narcissist doesn't idealize them, but what they do is they can feed from them for a short period of time where they're looking for their next perfect, untarnished, new fix victim. So there you go, that's it. It's a dark one for Saturday morning, isn't it, everyone? My apologies. Um, but I just hope that reassures some of you who 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 had that question, did he ever did he or she ever really love me? And the answer is yes, but it's not the kind of love any of us should ever want or have. Um and I just really hope that it, see, that it helps some of you as well see it again because you will be targeted by another narcissist. You will, I have been. You will be targeted by other toxic abusers who just want to use you, who will chase you and hunt you and idolize you. And then once they get you, you you know, drop you as well. So I just hope this has given you some, some tools, shall we say, to help you avoid that horror again. If you're interested in my books, um, as I am an author, if this is the first time you've heard one of my podcasts, I'm an author and I write about narcissists in various different contexts. I write about them in a fictional context and I write about them in a more factual context where my books are inspired by true events. 
where either I have been a perpetrator of harm or a victim of harm and I try to fictionalise my stories in my books so that when you read them you think you're reading a novel but it does it does all come from um, a place of experience unfortunately. I have uh, three books out and if you want to go and have a little look just have a couple of minutes have a little look at the reviews have a little look at the back cover copies i write as l.whawksby and please do subscribe to my u channel your youtube channel which is l.whawksby the narcissist hunter and come and find me on instagram where i am also the narcissist hunter and have a great day thank you Thank you.